Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick concludes the second message in the two-part series, The Next Move of God. His scripture text is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick taught us two of the five concepts that bring the move of God into our world, including the definition of anointing. On this broadcast, he brings us the last two concepts and concludes the message and the series by teaching us five things that needs to happen for us to experience the glory of the Lord. And now, here's Brother Rick. And you know how we go through that thing. God, if this is really you, you know, make the mulberry tree spin the Volkswagen in a circle, you know. We know it's God because we ain't come up with it. I'll tell you that. We ain't come up with this plan. I said, God, if it's you, when I go out, let them be standing there. They never both in the yard. I thought I'd say, <coughs> I went out and there they stood. I said, hey, listen, I was praying for y'all to get a car. These people don't know nothing about prayer. They think God's speaking to the fat guy. He's a little weird. He's just a little weird. He thinks he hears from God. And I said, the funniest thing happened. I prayed for you to get a car. And the Lord gave me a car. <laughs> they looked at me like, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> and I said, so I'm going to give you my car. And the guy said, you could do what? And his wife Pulled her collar down. And it was a huge scar across the neck. And she said, I've had over 10 surgeries because I had a wreck in a little car. And I've been scared to death with this little car. Because I need a bigger car. How many of you know I get a bigger car? I can find because I don't want to have to learn to walk every time I make a trip. Big car. I like big car. People say, oh, you riding a big car. Yes, I'm riding in this car because they ain't made them bigger than this yet. I want them humongous. So I said to them, let's get in the car and ride around. And we rode around. The woman said, can I hug you? She didn't speak to me before. <laughs> now she's hugging me. And then she said, can I hug you again? I'm like, yeah, I love to hug. And then this big tattoo guy that I've been kind of scared of. Did you care if I hug you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm weird as you are. You hug me all you want to. He hugged me. God did something kiss from heaven I said it was a kiss from heaven why because we need to let Jesus rule I gotta hurry y'all listening too slow let's go to the next but then we lose focus how many of you know we lose focus we'll do good for a while and then we lose focus and we'll get caught up in the blessings to the blesser and our possessions begin to possess us and we choose the balcony over the battle y'all looking at me like I'll be glad when this is over. How many knows I'm telling you the truth? Because we'll get sincere when we're needing something. Then God blesses us and we lose sight of that. So we've got to be corrected. Boy, we don't like to be corrected, do we? <laughs> People told me, will you father me? And I said, well, I don't know. But first time I correct you, I'll know whether I'm a father to you or not. Because if you run away, I don't guess I'll be fathering you. How many of you know this fathering thing ain't about just some titles? I mean, you really got to be corrected sometimes. I remember my first trip with Brother Yurton. I said to Brother Yurton, if you see anything I need to change, correct me. How many of you know Brother Yurton? 
You know, he kind of sounds like God. Went on first trip with him, and walking down the hallway, feeling like I'd really done good. I preached with him, and he said, Rick, I'm like your servant here. Don't ever do this, this, or this again. Do you hear me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Stepped inside a motel. You know what I did? Fell on my knees. Thank God for a father that loved me enough so I wouldn't sabotage what God was trying to do in my life. Listen, if you can't be corrected, you're as smart as you're ever going to be. Enjoy yourself. This is it. This is an apex right here. <laughs> you riding high. This is smart as you're ever going to be. You need to be willing to be corrected in whatever is needed to be corrected. People that's correcting you is trying to do you a favor. Trying to help you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's still trying to help us. See, it's on the other side of correction. Everybody say on the other side of correction. The glory falls. For you that's been waiting, let me share with you one more point. The glory falls. Go ahead. The concept of God's glory falls. Seven things happened in 150 years before Debbie could read the scripture we heard. Did God change? Was God able to pour out his glory anytime he wanted to? How many of you believe God could pour out his glory tonight? His presence could land on this place. And to a point, we couldn't even get up out of Florida. Days could pass that we bask in the glory of the Lord. But it won't happen in your time schedule. It won't happen just because you command him to do it. Five things happen. I want to give them to you. I want you to write them down because it's important for you to get a hold of as I bring this message to a close. What is it going to take to experience the glory of the Lord? Number one, it's going to take preparation. Preparation. Write this down in your Bible because all those things that Donald put on the board are just ways in which we need to prepare ourselves to experience the glory of the Lord. Brother Rick, do you think God's going to do that? Yeah, I think God might have even give him the idea. How many of you know Brother Donald? How many of you know he ain't smart enough to figure all that out? God gave him that. Why? Because he's wanting position in vessels so that we can get the pouring of the Lord. So number one, we've got to be prepared. Everybody say be prepared. Second thing that had to happen was there had to be provision. Did you know that David lived his life and raised millions and millions of dollars for that temple to be built? Yeah, there had to be provision. Listen, people say, well, God wants your money. Jesus spoke twice as much about money as anything else in the Bible. Dr. Parrish tells a story about a man named John, and he was walking out in the water to be baptized, and he's wearing bibbed overalls, and they saw that he had his wallet in his bibbed overalls, and they hollered at him, John, John, your wallet's in your pocket. He just kept walking out in the water. They kept hollering, John, your wallet's in your pocket, and finally he turned around towards the bank, said it needs baptizing worse than any part of me. Listen, when God gets your wallet, he's got your heart. That's why Jesus taught on money. You're going to be either an investor or you're going to spend your life trying to figure out how to be prosperous so you can consume it on yourself. What kind of life you're going to have? See, it takes provision. When Donald's talking about raising a million dollars in three years, it's like, what? Do what? You can't do anything without provision. They couldn't build that temple without it. Number three, it takes purpose. <laughs> Got to live your life with purpose. 
Donald made a statement a while ago. I want my life to bring glory to God. I want it to make people hungry. You got to live with a purpose in mind. It's got to be every day you live with that purpose. Lord, consume me with what you want me to do. The purpose for which you exist. The fourth thing you got to have is you got to have peace. David wouldn't let, or God wouldn't let David build the temple because he didn't have peace. That's why the devil tries to keep the church so stirred up. Because if we're not at peace, the kingdom can't be established. We got to get over quitting one another. Waiting for an amen that didn't come. We got to get over quitting one another. I've had people grouchy at me at the grocery store. But how many of you know I didn't quit eating? How many of you can tell I did not quit eating? I pulled in gas stations where people were grouchy and grumpy. But I didn't say, bless God, I'm going to park my car. I'll walk everywhere else I ever go. Uh-uh, I don't walk because I know how to drive. Debbie said to me, let's walk around the neighborhood. I said, where are we going to end up? She said, here. I said, I'm already here. <laughs> Won't you walk around the neighborhood? I'll be the welcome committee. You show up, I'm like, hey, Welcome. But you go to church and Sister Sugar Lips don't shake your hand and you quit Jesus. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, he's really trying to help us. If you'll be at peace, he'll build his kingdom. Listen to me. If you'll be at peace in your heart, he'll build his kingdom. This is important stuff. The last thing. Carrie Beth, come to the music so they'll think I'm quitting. <laughs> Let's encourage him as much as we can. Persistence. I've had a thousand people ask me, when are you going to quit? I can't quit. I'm sorry. I can't quit. <laughs> Some burner than me. Why? Because I want to see that cloud over it. I want to get up under that point. My neighbor don't know Jesus. I can't quit. My family's unsaved. I can't quit. <laughs> do what you want to do I'm going to love him anyway <laughs> three years is going to pass no matter what we do you know what my prayer is in three years from now we scoot our bucket under that boy. For the glory of the Lord. We start seeing them show up in this place. Where it don't matter who's preaching, who's singing, what's happening. We're experiencing the glory of the Lord. I pastored for four years. Church in Texas. I didn't even know how to spell pastor. Sure didn't know how to be one. First service, God raised a woman from the dead. How many of you know that'll help your service? 31 people got saved from a Sunday till Wednesday. I'm baptizing people. I didn't even know their name. They just come in. I need to be baptized. I'm like, I get in a tank. It's been full since Sunday. <laughs> we were there for a year. Three miracles happened church grew to 134 people from 27 folk. Why? Because of the glory of the Lord. People started trying to give me the glory for what was happening. 
I remember a woman telling me, oh, I heard you raised a woman from the dead. I'm like, you've been misinformed. I was preaching when she died. If you come to my church, you better be strong because I can take you out in one message. I killed her. Jesus raised her. Oh, for the glory of the Lord to come to Bow your heads and hearts with me where you are. Forget about everybody around you because it ain't about them anyway. It's about you. I'm talking to you. But how many of you right now just say this? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how much it changes my schedule. I don't care how much it kills my sacred cows. I don't care if they sing my favorite song if they never sing it again. <laughs> I want the glory of the Lord more than anything in my life. Bet you, would you just with eyes closed, stand to your feet, lift both hands? I want the glory of the Lord. I want the glory of the Lord more than anything in my life. I hunger for the glory of the Lord. Can we just slip out of our seat? Make our way down here to the front. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.